0: of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted 2's dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. This week, we focus on a very creepy hotel, as well as the tale of two cousins with a taste for murder. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted 2's. Number 1. The Crescent Hotel Best known as the 1886 Crescent Hotel and Spa, this iconic structure has been standing proud on the West Mountain overlooking the Victorian village of Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Designed by Isaac L. Taylor, the 78-room hotel was once a getaway for the rich and famous. Eureka Springs had become a boom town thanks to the natural healing waters found in the area, so people from far and wide flocked into the town, and the resort was a great place to accommodate them. But over time, they realized the healing waters of the spring didn't work, and so the numbers slowly began to dwindle until eventually they stopped altogether. In 1937, Norman Baker, a millionaire and radio celebrity came in and bought the hotel. He transformed it into a hospital where he sold various miracle cures to his guests and patients. He promised to cure ailments, including that of cancer, and was later arrested but subsequently released for mail fraud. It's estimated that Baker managed to pilfer close to $4 million from his sick patients while hastening their deaths by not giving them proper treatment. Many owners came and went over the years and at one point the top portion of the hotel was completely destroyed in a fire. By 1997, however, people saw value in the historical site and they rebuilt it according to its former glory. It was around this time that those working on it began to realize that the Crescent may have some unwanted guests from the past that didn't want to leave. Whispers of the hotel being haunted and strange happenings have been recorded going back many years, but the owners always made sure and kept it hushed. But the new ones thought differently, and after restorations were completed, they hired psychics to read the building prior to its opening. One of the psychics commented that the hauntings occur there because the hotel actually sits on a portal to the other side. The general manager, Jack Moyer, upon hearing this, didn't think much of it until he heard back from Keith, who was a leader of the ghost tour at the hotel. Keith asked to speak with Moyer about an unusual phenomenon involving the guests each time they do the nightly rounds. He said there's always one or two people in the group that would faint when reaching or passing by a certain area of the hotel. He described the spot and Moyer realized it was the exact same place the psychic described and mentioned as being the portal. Like clockwork, at least one person every night in the tour would faint or feel dizzy for a few moments and then recover. That spot and the portal were also directly above Norman Baker's morgue from when he ran the hospital. Ghosts have also been seen on the premises, too. The most prominent one is named Michael, and he was once a stonemason who fell to his death while repairing the roof. The room in which he died is 218, the most active room in the hotel where guests have experienced the lights and television set turning on and off without warning, and doors opening and closing when no one is around. There's also pounding on the walls, disembodied hands have been seen in the mirrors and a cry of a man falling to his death has even been heard. On one occasion, a guest bolted from the room, screaming, when he claims he saw the walls splattered with blood. Another prominent ghost roaming around the third-floor hallway of Crescent is the nurse. She is seen pushing a gurney on the third floor, and inexplicably disappears once she reaches the end of the hall. This area once housed Baker's morgue, and even now still has his walk-in freezer and autopsy table inside it. But it's not just the rooms and upper floors that have frequent apparitions. In the dining area, hotel staff were baffled to find all of the presents under the tree during Christmas were moved to one side of the room, while the chairs were placed in a circular position facing the tree. Another time, everything in the dining room looked in perfect order, except for the menus, which were scattered all around. The Crescent Hotel today attracts not just vacationers, but also ghost hunters hoping to see one or two of its more long-term residents. Regardless of whether they are real or not, the hotel is finally once again a popular place to visit. Number 2. The Hillside Strangler – Kenneth Bianchi and Angelo Buono Family members are united by blood but in the case of Kenneth and Angelo, they were united by a strong passion for rape and murder. Known as the Hillside Strangler because they would dump their victims' bodies on the hillsides of California, the police knew there were two possible suspects, but withdrew the information from the media, hoping it could be used later on in their investigation. One part of the duo was Kenneth Bianchi, Since he was little, he had always been a troubled child who was described by his adopted mother as a compulsive liar and lazy. After finishing high school, he got married to his sweetheart at 17, but left after just 18 months. By 1977, he ended up moving to Los Angeles to live with his cousin, Angelo Buono. To give you a little history on Angelo, He was the son of Italian immigrants who at a young age exhibited a perverse preoccupation with sex, and by the time he was a teen, he told his classmates he had raped several girls. He was a petty thief who later married and impregnated his first wife, only to leave her just one week later. He married his second wife, had five children, but she left him because he was physically and sexually abusive. It's also believed that during this time he raped his two-year-old daughter. For the third time he married, had two children, but his wife also left citing physical abuse and also claiming that he raped their children. After Kenneth moved in with Angelo, the two started their perverse killings. The first time they murdered together was in October of 1977. The body of 19-year-old Yolanda Washington, a prostitute, was found naked in the Ventura Hills. Her body had been cleaned, but faint marks on her neck and signs of rape were clearly present. The following month, on November 1st, a second body was found dumped in a quiet Los Angeles neighborhood. The 15-year-old girl was found naked, raped, and with ligature marks on her neck and hands. She was also a prostitute, and after her, a third body was found just five days later. The 21-year-old was identified as a dancer and prostitute who was last seen leaving a restaurant where she worked the previous night. During that same month, two men dressed as police officers stopped a woman named Catherine Lohr. They searched through her possessions and identification when they found a picture of a young girl sitting on actor Peter Lohr's lap. It turns out Catherine was his daughter, and so the two men decided to let her go after realizing her connection with the famous actor. On November 13th, they abducted two girls who were on their way home from school. 12-year-old Dolly Sepeda and 14-year-old Sonia Johnson were last seen getting off the bus and approaching a sedan with two men inside. Their bodies were discovered seven days later and it was determined they too had been raped and strangled. Earlier that day, another body was found on a hill. The female victim had the same signs of strangulation and torture as all the others. Police noticed there were two needle marks on her arms. Later on, it was discovered that the men had injected Windex into the victim, purely as an experiment. Four more women would be found in the same way in the coming months. However, while prowling for their 11th victim, the men argued when Kenneth revealed he had been applying for a spot in law enforcement. Apparently in doing so, he had been questioned regarding the case which made Angelo furious at which time he told Kenneth to get out of town. And so he did. He took his family to Washington, where he worked as a security guard, but the move couldn't suppress his urge to kill. Kenneth ended up abducting, raping, and killing two students from Western Washington University. Fortunately, there were witnesses who saw him with the girls prior to their disappearance, and he was found and arrested the next day. Under interrogation, he revealed his cousin's involvement in the Strangler case, and Angelo was arrested the same day. Kenneth attempted to plead insanity, but it didn't work. In exchange for ratting out his cousin, he was sentenced to life in prison instead of receiving the death penalty. Later on, Angelo was found in his cell after dying from a heart attack. Kenneth is still serving his time in prison. His parole application was dismissed, but he will be eligible to apply again. In 2025. So there were a pair of some of the most haunted and sinister true stories around. The world can be a crazy place, and Twisted Twos is sure to show you why. If you enjoyed this video, then please remember to subscribe to our channel. We have many new scary mysteries coming out every single week that we're sure you'll enjoy. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next week.